driving the music home. Minute by minute, hour by hour. This is Joe Berg, and this is the 947 Express Drive. Darren, Felicity, Jacob, Brad, Morena, and Vin. Monday to Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. Hello, you bunch of beautiful people. Well, hello there. Are we doing good for a Wednesday? Yes, we are. I'll tell you, Parliament is blazing at the moment. Fire. Hey? Yeah. Parliament. Have you seen what's going on in Parliament? No. It's the... What is it? It's the President's Budget. Yeah, the Presidency Budget, yeah. Now, is is uh, number one in Parliament number right now? Number one is in Parliament. He's already spoken, yes. And now it's the turn of the opposition, obviously, to come in. So, Musi Maimani has been speaking. Musi's been on it, yeah. And uh, this is what has been erupting between uh, John Steenhuisen, who's the chief whip. Oh, for the DA, yeah. Of the DA. And... Uh, Baleka Mbete, who is the, what is her title? She's the Madam Speaker? Madam Speaker. Madam Speaker, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, this is the role they're having at the moment. Honorable Maimane, Speaker, I now. Please, will you withdraw? Come that back. I said dishonorable no, things in this no, house. No, honorable Stianese, and you are not going to say that you are a dishonorable you speaker. You will not dictate to the well, chair. You are a dishonorable uh, speaker. On a point of order. Honorable. And you should be thrown out of the house by the white shirts. Honorable Stianese. You should order. go for anger management, I think. <laughs> On a point of order. Honorable Khatebe, can we please allow Honorable Maimane to proceed and Madam Speaker, with if I need finish. to go for anger management, you need some serious sessions of psychiatry. <laughs> no! Honorable oh, Khatebe. I tell you, it, it honestly is the best TV that you can watch. Brilliant. Yeah. Game of Thrones has nothing on <laughs> Parliament. <laughs> I would even say my favorite TV show, Suits, has nothing on Parliament. Wow. Yeah. The Big Bang Theory, the biggest TV show in the world, <laughs> has nothing on Parliament. By the way, Big Bang Theory, Kunal Naya, we've got him on after five o'clock, so don't miss that. Let's start the show. Let's rock and roll. It's another day in this beautiful province that we call home. It's Gauteng. Can I get some of your love? It's Bob Marley. No, it's not Bob Marley. It's um, Stephen Marley. Yeah. And Pitbull with options here on the Express Drive. We've got what's happening at the courthouse this hour as well. And I just want you to think about something right now. Um, what is your most favorite, n- not favorite, sexiest? accent for you personally Ooh. in the world the one that gets you hmm nice um, French always comes up French is always like the default for sexy accent right mm. I know Irish is, has been r- ranking quite highly yeah of late but I, I, I've, I've got some research here that is uh, French Irish nowhere near Oh. Yeah, ladies and women. I spoke to over a thousand of each. You mean ladies and men? L- ladies, uh, what well, I? Yeah, <laughs> you're right. That's it. Men and women. Okay, so yeah. so for you, Felicity, what would your sexiest be? Do you know, there's something about a proper Texas drawl. Like, I think cowboys and and that, mm. that proper deep drawl. And they, they're very respectful the way they speak to women. 
um, which I find quite attractive, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. Jake's lady? Uh, Portuguese. That Portuguese accent, if someone speaks to me in Portuguese or like like th- that's Spanish, then I'm like, I'm gone. Like, I'd, I'd be gone. I'd just agree to anything. All right. <laughs> anything. <laughs> then for you? Uh, you're going to hate me for this. Probably Australian. Huh? Australian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But a certain, it's that certain Australian accent, but like spoken really sexily. Cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so when Hugh Jackman speaks, you get excited. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh does have a good accent. He does have a good voice as well. It's he does he does kind of do it for, for me. You. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Hugh's a good guy. He's one of those guys that you listen to and you're like, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do Hugh Jackman's mm. voice. Yeah, me too. Okay. All right. Well, look, you can uh, whatever gets you going. On the WhatsApp telephone, please fire that through now. 0799035417. I think you're going to be quite uh, shocked at the results because these, resuming, these don't normally come up in these lists. So, guys, the sexiest accent that guys found on women. Mm-hmm. Um, Australian came in third, uh-huh. Colombian came in second. So oh. Yes. <laughs> she could have something to do with it. Narcos could perhaps also have mm-hmm. something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Patron. <laughs> yeah. Mm? <laughs> but the sexiest accent, men, Israeli. What? Mm. The Israeli accent, men find the sexiest. Uh, this is a former Miss Israel speaking now wonder woman ever listen the only thing i i think need to be said that israel is a democratic country everyone's entitled to have their own opinion and that's what it's all about you know everyone will always have something to say about any issue that's israeli i can see why mm. It's a bit of Latin America, a bit of North America. Yeah, I was going to say. It a bit sounds of European like in the Latina, yeah. Yeah. For sure. But it's also, there's, there's a, like a level of strength behind her voice. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Authority. It's just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay, now ladies, let me tell you what you ladies are getting all excited about. Uh, Spanish comes in third. Second is Scottish and first is English. So, sure. the English accent, this is what, what gets you ladies going. Well, it was the best year of my childhood and also in some ways the most challenging. I was, you know, in England we, we, we start the equivalent of first grade a year later than the Americans. And so, some people thought the wisdom would be to put me in a year... Just close your eyes, full. Just because I would be so advanced. Right. In fact, the reverse was true. Mm. Yeah. Very sophisticated. Mm, I can understand why, but uh, maybe it's that person's voice. If that was Idris Elba mm. talking to me like mm. that, I'd be like, mm-hmm, sure, yeah. whatever, yeah. when? Because that, that was Colin Firth. Yeah. Yeah. I'd so, yeah. Um, yes, Felicity, was that, was that good for you? <laughs> was that good because I've just arrived? <laughs> <laughs> I just arrived. <laughs> mm. um, and second, Scottish. But you never understand what a Scottish person is saying to you. So this is what your ladies find. And I love it because yeah. uh, that's where my heritage comes from. <laughs> but this is what your ladies find the second sexiest accent in the world. Come here, I'm going to eat you. <laughs> I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. 
No. Hey, ladies, says it like that, you know. How can you say? <laughs> Second sexiest for you? We need to talk. Okay, uh, so you've all weighed in on the WhatsApp telephone about your accents, and uh, your seems like the, the the Spanish is is a big one, eh? There's just something about an Irish accent. This is, uh, it's, uh, yeah, yes. Latina. Hey, papi. Hey, papi. German accent in men and then Egyptian. Wow, yummy. I, can we move Spanish to number one, please? English and Italian, um, but I agree with uh, Felicity. It depends on who's talking. Hey, whack it. There's nothing better than a Spanish woman's accent. Mm, yeah, you're just getting the picture yeah. of Sofia Vergara. Uh-huh. Or yeah. Salma Hayek. Or... Oh. Uh, <laughs> Eva Mendes. Eva Mendes. Oh. Um, the chick Lopez. Um, hey, Lopez. No, no, but there was another one. Um, the one that Tom Cruise was with. Penelope Cruz. Oh. Penelope Cruz. Keep, yeah. keep keep going. <laughs> Don't stop. This is so nice. There's so many hot Latin women, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Any woman that Ronaldo's been with. Yeah. And wasn't Irina Sheikh an Israeli chick? Uh, I don't know. Russian, she? But he's just cleaning up anything that's living in Spain right now. Ronaldo's yeah. just, uh, it's your turn. He's Tuesday, it's your turn. Wednesday's your turn. <laughs> Seven o'clock, be here. But they reckon that the, the English accent, what the, you ladies find so attractive in the English accent is that it stands for intelligence and class. Mm. And those are two very desirable qualities. Absolutely. Like, does this... I mean, when I hear a British accent, I have that exact, this man's intelligent and he sips tea with his thumb and his, his uh, index finger. <laughs> yes. He yes. would not have coffee for a second. <laughs> well, it was the best year of my childhood and also in some ways the most challenging. I was, you know, in England, we, we, we start the equivalent hey, of first grade a year that. later than it's the Americans. Polished. Yeah. So some people thought polished. the wisdom would be to... I still don't understand... Of kids. Number two, the Scottish accent. Come here, I'm gonna <laughs> eat you! I'm bigger than you, I'm higher in the food chain! Get in my belly! <laughs> Hold on, is Gerard Butler Scottish? Yes. That, hello, that's why. Yeah. That's why, when that man speaks. But you gotta take the person attached to it out of it. So close your eyes, you just gotta and listen. Just listen. But you guys just attach Salma Hayek and all yeah, these other things Yorks to the accents. Yeah. <laughs> no, but even if you listen one. to those ones, you still can't do it. Yeah, the accent still like, is oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, those are the... The most, the sexiest accents in the world right now. Time for What's Happening at the Courthouse. What's Happening at the Courthouse is powered by LegalWise. Say it. Don't talk to me. Talk to my lawyer. What's Happening at the Courthouse. Can you work? 947 Express Drive. So, Shoki, you hit Pretoria, hey? Yeah, yeah. Yesterday, I went to Pretoria, met some new friends. You know, when people ask me, hi, can I tell you why I'm here? I'm ah, like, uh, how do you know? They're like, no, no, you spoke to my colleague and then they asked, I told them I listened to 947. So, I needed to tell you why I'm here. <laughs> so, All shout right. out to the new people I met, my new friends at Pretoria okay. Court. You're making friends with the legal eagles? With the legal eagles, yeah, yeah. Good friends to make, Jakes. Yes, I got new friends. Okay. How many of them did you take their number? Like, dude, you know, if, if, I, if I ever need to make a call to you, 3 a.m. in the morning. 
I walked out with two business cards. <laughs> I was like, dude, leave me with your card, please. <laughs> but you've got to, you've got to spread your, um, the area of expertise. Yes, yes. You need a friend that's a labor lawyer. Yeah. And um, you, Vin needs a friend that's a criminal lawyer. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, this is what happened at the courthouse. What are you doing at the courthouse? I'm an attorney uh, representing a client who's launched a liquidation application. The respondents to the liquidation application have uh, launched a business rescue application to try and counter it. And uh, the judge has finally reached our matter on the roll, so we're going to be heard after lunch. What are you doing at the courthouse? Today we have quite a few matters. We have loss of support matters and we have motor vehicle accidents, that's what it is. So basically we're claiming for clients that have suffered a loss of support on behalf of minor children. We also have an MVA matter where someone was injured in a motor vehicle accident. So that claim was successful. So now the family can be sorted and they have support. Uh, how much was the MVA one worth, if you don't mind me asking? Um, over a million. Okay. What are you doing at the courthouse? I've just issued a motion to get an attorney uh, striken off the role of attorneys. Whoa. What did this attorney do wrong? Well, it's confidential, but along the lines of professional negligence. Yo. What are you doing at the courthouse? I was here for one huge RAF matter. Lady had a bipolar before the accident. <laughs> <laughs> and was a bit psychotic and now she's claiming for a loss of innings uh, amounting to about 5 million but now my view is that I mean she was not going to work in any event because she was bipolar already <laughs> before the accident happened so why must the road accident fund <laughs> compensate her but, I understand yeah. yeah and how things going you look like you'll win or what you don't know I'm quite positive about my case I, I don't think she'll get a cent I'm sorry for her but it's not our fault that shows bipolar. What are you doing at the courthouse? I'm from Apetuatanis. We are representing our client on a third-part claim against Rolex and Fund. All right. How much money is involved with this RAF claim? It's a lot, man. Over a mil. Over a million rand? Yes, man. Okay. Are you confident you think you're going to win? Indeed, man. We know what we do. Okay. What are you doing at the courthouse? Okay. Today, I came to file indexes for a matter against the Minister of Police. So, I can't tell you the client's name. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, so it's it's a criminal issue. Yeah, basically it's an unlawful arrest. So, wait, so she's filing it against the Minister of Police? Yeah, so they But she can't tell us her name? No, 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 she can't yeah. tell us the client's name. But it's the Minister of Police? No, who she's filing who for. Who she's against. filing for. Oh, oh. Was yeah. this, uh, so this did... person was arrested wrongfully and now they're filing a claim against uh, the police. Uh, I mean, yeah, because now the police arrested this guy without valid without a valid warrant or valid uh, uh, valid information you don't know what you're talking about jakes no i leave d- it to I the d- 20s she explained, <laughs> she explained it to me right i get it <laughs> as long as you understand <laughs> i totally understand <laughs> all right that's what's happening at the courthouse we've got kunal Nair from the big bang theory on after five o'clock don't miss that uh, big bang theory biggest tv show in the world biggest sitcom in the world how many of you people, now I know you're going to want to say the right thing on the radio, think wearing a seatbelt is a good thing? Felicity. Always. Always, always, always me and my girls. I'm, yeah. Jacob? Standard, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I get so paranoid sometimes. I even shout at like people who are driving next to me and their kids are just standing around in the car. I hoot yeah. and I'm like, 
you got a seatbelt on, why don't you put your seatbelt on? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So standard for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I just thought it was common sense. Plus, you can't drive with that one anyway. It blinks and bing, bing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's annoying. So I'm just like, okay, car, shut up. <laughs> But I would think common sense, yeah. Yeah. Then? Yeah. I always wear my seatbelt. Never, never take it off. I was of the opinion for a very long time. And when I was coming of age, when I was 18, mm-hmm. I was told by a lady, she actually dissuaded me from wearing a seatbelt mm-hmm. because she told me this horror story. And the horror story went like this. Well, my friend, because I said to her one day, well, why are you wearing a seatbelt? No, I will never wear a seatbelt. I'm like, why? Well, my friend was in a car and the car rolled and they had their seatbelt on and they couldn't get out of the car. Yeah, I've heard that one. And then the car exploded in flames. Mm. So she convinced me that it was better to be thrown out of the motor vehicle. Oh, wow. Than to be trapped inside it and burnt alive, as she put it. So for, for a while, I was like, yeah, maybe that's right, eh? And I thought if I get pulled over, this one, I'm going to tell the cops. Mm. And it's very, very silly to have that opinion. Yeah. A lot of people have all these myths about seatbelts. Why are you I mean, asking this, though? Um, I'll tell you why. Yeah. Um, because that is actually... It's something that's bugged me for a long time, mm. you know? Mm. And I found this bit of research, that's why I want to bring it up now, where there is a myth that people believe that. It's quite a common myth. Yeah, like I say, I've heard that before. Eh? And it's completely logical. Like, it makes sense, you know what I mean? But here is the cold, hard reality of that, okay? Seatbelts keep you from being knocked unconscious. This one thing that they do, mm-hmm. which will improve your chances of escaping during an accident. Crashes involving fire or water, you know, mm. if you submerge into a mm. pond and you can't get out, Those types of accidents rarely occur and that is half of 1%. So it's 0.5% of all accidents. That scenario happens. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's highly unlikely that that's going to happen. All right? And they reckon that your best chance of survival in an accident is to be conscious when the co- once the car comes to rest. Yeah. Mm. So that you can... Do what you need to do. Yeah, even if it means making a phone call, shouting for help, or getting your seatbelt undone, or helping somebody else get their seatbelt undone. Correct, yeah. yeah. And if you're not wearing your seatbelt, your head's probably going to hit the dashboard, and you're probably going to be knocked out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Another common myth is, uh, I'm not, not going to go fast. Mm. You can get knocked out going 20 k's an hour. Yeah. Because okay. it's the, like you say, the percentages of crashes, the most common occurrence or most common crashes, you're going to be looked after <laughs> if you're wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. Like you say, it's 0.5% of the ones where you want to be flung from the vehicle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So take your chances. Yeah. People also love that. I'm not going farther. Mm, I'm just going mm. down the road. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's that old saying? Most accidents happen. It's when most likely, yeah. Yeah, with Five like, k's from your house. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, we got uh, Ryan here on the phone. How's it, Ryan? Hello, Darren. How are you doing? Cool and you, brother. What What do you want to add to yeah. this? Well, I've to a situation. I was driving home one night, uh, aqua plane, flung out of my car. 
and obviously I wasn't wearing a seatbelt, but if I was wearing a seatbelt, I would have been crushed to death. But still today, I wear a seatbelt every day, so put that to the masses. Yeah, I think you're in that 0.5% there, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one so- of the lucky few. Yeah, yeah, it's just something that stuck with me. I mean, I was told this story as I started to drive, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I must have worn a seatbelt. Mm. And it's the wrong advice. Mm. I mean, Ryan's been through that. Yeah, true. Still wears a seatbelt. Yeah, no, I got, I got flung out at 140 kilometers per hour, cracked my pelvis, dislocated my arm, cracked three vertebrae, I had to learn how to walk again, but I still wear a seatbelt, even though not wearing a seatbelt saved my life, actually. Yeah, sure. yeah, sure. Uh, Okay, well, we got. Oh, yeah. uh, thank, th- thanks for your story, Ryan. <laughs> Cheers, man. No problem. Cool, man. Yeah. Cheers. Uh, Tony, how's it? What do you want to add here, Tony? Hi, hi, Darren. How's it? Uh, my, my experience is uh, at a four way intersection, quite a busy intersection in the south. I don't want to mention where and exactly. Um, I, I've seen an accident happen that the guy was trapped in the seatbelt and he couldn't get out and the car set the light. The back exploded and somehow it set the light in the engine. And unfortunately, that man died in the car. They couldn't get him out. Because everyone else, unfortunately, was also looking in the boot, what could be taken and, you know, everything around the car, but not helping the man try to get out of the seatbelt. So they were robbing his car while he was burning? Yeah. And he was struggling to get out of this car, and he couldn't get out of the car. And eventually, caught in such a uh, haste, the, the, the fire consumed the car and him inside the car. Sure. Okay, well... Yeah, well, and, the, and the frightening part is watching everyone try and take everything out of the car and not help the man. Yeah. That's okay. A, that's a sad reality. Well, you see, th- that's what I'm saying. It's, it's these sorts of stories that mm. got me into that mindset. And then I quickly realized it's not the right. So these guys aren't helping but that's what I'm it. saying anyways. No, but in that case, it wasn't the seatbelt's fault. It was the people who weren't helping his fault. You know, you know what I'm saying? They could have helped him. Yeah. They yeah. could have helped him get out. Mm, mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, it doesn't help what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> they also say especially with kids like if you're going to do the seatbelt yeah. make sure it's proper Yeah. because at those high impact speeds you yeah. can sever limbs yeah. oh yeah because they'll have the boosters properly. when you're sitting at the back yeah. kids at right. the back yeah, yeah. they got the seat like, boosters yeah if it's like right under the chin you mm, know what I mean mm. you've got to be really careful yeah. that you do that as well and again look my point is never to preach to anybody or be it was just uh, I just found this statistic now and it's something that really bugged me and again those two stories it's in the 0.5% just remember that alright this will take us up to news here on the express drive can I ask you a question I come from a complete place of ignorance here just a text in my mother-in-law would put her son in the boot in a Moses basket when he was a baby. Uh, what, what What's a Moses basket? Imagine a, literally a basket. Like where that you'd get fruit in? Yep. A gift of fruit. Yeah, because yeah. back in the day, That you win at the school wrong. raffle. Mm-hmm. With blankies in. Literally a basket. And you put the baby in the boot? Mm-hmm. That's before <laughs> seat belts and car seats. They used to because where do you keep your baby if you're driving to the shops in the 1950s or Dude, 1960s or even back in the day? You, no, as nobody kids, had seat belts. We stood on the back of buckies. Yeah, yeah. While we were driving. It we would stand. Like a jaw, yeah, and we'd be like stand uh, and lean over the front of the of yeah. the cabin. Yeah. yeah. And we we were heroes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. We used to try and jump the speed bumps. 
We do are, about a hundred and then you hit a speed bump and the whole back of the bucky yes. lifts up and you jump up and then fall down. <laughs> I remember my dad had a bucky and we would drive from Pinetown to Durban. It's 15 k's, but there's a stretch of freeway. Mm. So you're doing 120. And we would sit on the wheel arch yeah. in the bin at the back. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was the seat. I didn't know it was the wheel arch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you'd hang on and the clearance there is very, very little. Uh-huh. But we loved it. We felt like dogs. <laughs> yeah. You could even sit like on the rim yeah. of the bucky and just like with your right arm or left arm, just hold on to the cabin. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, our parents are reckless, bro. Badass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our parents also said they'd be home before dark. Yeah, that was it. Forget what you do during the day. Yeah. yeah. But we came out fine. Well... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, that is questionable. <laughs> yeah, All right, that, that is questionable. Yeah, but for the most part, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but when you know better, you do better. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they started thinking maybe it's not such a good <laughs> idea to let a four-year-old stand on the back of a bucky mm. or the newborn in a Moses basket in the boot. Yeah. Let's go to the shops, baby. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I don't remember anyone putting babies in the boot. <laughs> yeah, that just seems like what are you doing? It's yeah. a confined space. It's less space for you to move in. <laughs> Baby's protected. It's exactly. nice and dark in there. <laughs> Let's just work out. We have enough oxygen. We're on our way to Durban. Yeah, should be okay in the boot. It's about what? It's a 60 litre capacity boot? Yeah, it'll be fine. How much can a baby breathe anyways? You know, it's crazy, eh? Up next, we've got Kunal Nair. From the Big Bang Theory. How many fans are there out there? Well, I know hundreds of thousands. Biggest TV show, biggest sitcom in the world. Okay. This is 947 Express Drive. Here's another one of Wackhead Simpson's world famous phone pranks. Without insurance, you always get something out. To see what you can get out, SMS out to 44495. Here we go again. You don't need a municipal audit to see if your family and your monthly car premium constitutes wasteful and irregular spending. Simply SMS out to 44495 and our insurance will either beat what you're currently paying for car insurance or they'll pay you 400 Rand. And if they can't, they'll make it 800 Rand if you haven't had a car claim in three years. That's out to 44495. It's a win-win. Either spend less on car insurance or get a little spending money. Our insurance is an authorised FSP, T's and C's, as well as standard rates. Apply. Hello? Is that Kunal? This is. How are you, my friend? Good, and you, Kunal. Welcome to the show. Wow. Thank you for the clapping. Oh, yes. (laughs) We are super stoked. All huge fans of the show. I mean, who isn't, Kunal? It's probably the number one show in the world, right? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's doing very well around the world. Gee, man, and uh, I didn't know this, but um, are you still the third highest paid TV actor since 2015 in the world? I uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know what everyone else is making, but I'm 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 doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> and Big Bang Theory, ten years. Firstly, congrats to yeah, that, man. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, seriously, I'm living the dream. It's such a wonderful show to be a part of. Uh, the writing is still, I think, even better now than it was. And, uh, you know, I love 
the cast is like my family and uh, to have fans all over the world and to, to get an opportunity to talk to people like you and who love the show so much, it really it makes us feel very special. Where do you get uh, the most attention? I mean, the show is, is, is global. Where do you get that Justin Bieber attention? <laughs> Comic-Con. Every year at Comic-Con in San Diego, you feel like the Beatles, you know. But uh, I don't know, to be honest, wherever I go now, I meet wonderful people. And uh, I don't know, maybe when I come to South Africa, maybe I'll be the Justin Bieber of South Africa. <laughs> I think you will be, because I, I don't know if you're aware of this, that uh, South Africa has the biggest Indian population outside of India, of any country in the world. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm booking my ticket, <laughs> and I will come, and we'll, you'll show me around town, and you'll hire some bodyguards who can wear sunglasses and look really cool. Uh, Kunal, <laughs> I'll take you to my home city of Durban and have a bunny chow. Oh, a bunny chow. Have you ever heard of a bunny chow? <laughs> no, what is that? <laughs> I'm not afraid to know. It's got nothing to do, to do with rabbits, though, all right? A bunny chow is a oh. very traditional Durban Indian dish which is you take uh, okay. half a loaf of bread. Okay. You take all the bread out, so you've just got the shell, the crusted shell, and then you pour okay. mutton curry, beef curry, or chicken curry inside, and then you put Ooh. that blob of bread on top again, and you eat it with your fingers. That sounds heavenly. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> In India, who is bigger, you or Sachin Tendulkar? Oh, of course, Sachin Tendulkar. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like or, the god. He's the god. Or the guy from uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. What was his name again? <laughs> Dave Patel. Dave Patel, <laughs> that's <laughs> it. That's it. One thing we need to talk about, I've always professed that Indian women are the most beautiful in the world. And you got oh. Miss India that you call your wife. Hey, round of applause. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Former, former Miss India. Former. No, no, no. It's like a president. You always, once you are a president, you always get the title of president. (laughs) So Miss India, that title stays, even though she's a missus now. Yeah, no, she's uh, she's a great girl, and uh, I feel very feel, I feel very lucky. How did you meet? Did, did did she know that you won the Big Bang Theory? Well, I did say that to her. I said, uh, "Hey, you know, nice to meet you. I'm an actor." And she's like, "What do you do?" I was like, "Oh, I'm an, I'm an actor." A show called The Big Bang Theory, and she said, "Is that a porno?" <laughs> 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 She'd never seen the show. <laughs> I know, yeah, but somehow it worked out, so it's it's good. Is, is it true that you you have two televisions in your bedroom because the two of you can't agree on what to watch on TV? Look, I'm telling you, if you want the secret to success in any relationship, do what I did: have two televisions in your bedroom so that I can watch Sports Center and she can watch. I don't even know what she watches, but not sports. <laughs> so all I do is watch all my sports all day. And then she watches whatever she watches. And I have headphones, and so she, but she gets to listen with the volume up and I get headphones. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's a man who knows how to handle a marriage. Yes. Absolutely. And is it uh, badminton that you watch? Because I know you were quite good at badminton. I love badminton. Uh, but, you know, they don't show much badminton uh, now. India now has a badminton premier league, so that's great. But, but now I just watch cricket, golf, and I just love sports. And you met the Queen as well, hey? I recently did meet the Queen, yes. I, uh, I got invited to Buckingham Palace to commemorate the beginning of UK-India Year of Culture and 
I didn't know that I was going to have a private meeting with the Queen, but uh, I did, and I I had all these. They told me all the rules, and, and then I was like freaking out. And then the Queen came in, and I kept thinking like, don't faint, don't do anything stupid. Like I don't know what happened to me. I started having a panic attack, and uh, I think I think she was like, nice to see you, and I was like, no, nice to see the Queen. Like I just started <laughs> like couldn't make words, but it was really it was it was incredible. It was just to to be inside the palace. To watch, to see it, you know, the grandeur of what they've created, and, and then obviously to meet the Queen, who was nothing but just wonderful, and uh, it was it was a great experience, great experience for me. I've been there a couple times to see the changing of the guard, but I'm outside the gate, just looking in, and, yeah. and I've always wondered what it must feel like when you drive through those gates and you actually go into the palace. Can you describe that for us? It feels like I was like I was living someone else's life, you know, because you go in and it's everything you imagine to be, except it's real. I mean, the walls are just the paintings on the walls are just Rembrandts. There's just Rembrandts lying around, you know, like hanging out, and there's the, the size of the chandeliers and the grandeur of of the the portraits of the royal family. I mean, it's just it's it's it really is just a sight to behold, and it's important. It was important. I kept telling myself this. I said, stay in the moment, soak it all in, stay in the moment, stay in the moment. Of course, I didn't. Of course, my <laughs> mind was doing it a million miles an hour, and then I'm meeting the queen, and then it's all over, and I'm at home, and I'm like, what did I do? What did I say? Did I say anything stupid? Did I do anything dumb? Uh, but it was, it, was, it was a real experience. And also, I feel very, uh, I feel proud that I was invited, you know, to such a big event. And, and uh, so it was great. And then what do you do? How do you top your day after you've just met the Queen? What do you do after that? I literally came home, I ordered Indian food, and I just took my pants off and I ate my chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> I wonder if the Queen did the same after she met you. I was just going to say the same thing. She's probably like, oh, glad that's over. <laughs> I must tell you, your, your surname... Um, how do you pronounce your surname? Because I'll tell you how we pronounce your surname. Okay, sure, go ahead. Okay, we pronounce your surname Naya. Yes, it's actually, that's because, uh, but it's got two two Y's, not a single Y or an I. If it did, it'd be Naya, but it's two Y's, so it's actually Mayor. Like Mayor, but with an N. Okay, because in, in South Africa, Naya, yeah. um, Naya has, a, has a very different meaning. Oh, really? Oh, God. Yeah, Naya is, is pretty much means to have sex with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make up stuff now. <laughs> no, he's, he's not. I'm, I'm absolutely not. <laughs> In Afrikaans, Naya is definitely having sex with somebody. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Well, then I will be very popular in your country. <laughs> you, you will be because you are probably the best Naya in the whole world. Do you know that? <laughs> My reputation speaks for itself. <laughs> so listen. Um, Everywhere you go, they, they talk about the Naya. Not Naya. Oh God, this is going downhill. <laughs> so look. Um, Two more seasons, hey? You guys have been commissioned up to uh, season 12 of The Big Bang Theory. That's yeah. just in incredible and yeah. great confidence in, in the show and, and everything around it. Yeah, again, it's a dream come true for all of us uh, in this day and age to be on a show that lasts this long and that's this high quality uh, with people that I love every day. Uh, and, and, you know, I get to make people laugh for a living. And so there's not too many, and as I'm sure you guys do too, you know, there's not a better place to be. 
especially in this, uh, the way the world is going, then uh, it's nice to get up every morning and, and be happy and, and get to go to work where we laugh. All day we laugh, we laugh, we laugh. And it's really, uh, it's very, very wonderful for me. When you, I mean, you came from the theatre and then this was your first TV role. Mm-hmm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure your expectations are ah, Big Bang Theory. What is this about? Uh, uh, maybe a season or two. What were your expectations when you went to audition? I mean, you know, it's so difficult to even think about at that moment in your life about the the series. You're just a young guy. I wanted a job. I wanted to work. Uh, I wanted to prove myself. Those are the things you're thinking about. And then you get the show and then you're like, oh my God, I just want this to last nine episodes. And then you think, oh my God, just nine episodes more. And then you're like, oh, I hope I get picked up for a season. I hope then you're like, I hope I get picked up for two seasons. Then you think, oh my God, this may go in the syndication. I hope this goes in the syndication. Oh my God, now it's in syndication. I hope it goes for three more seasons. Oh my God, I hope you go two more. You know, that's just, it's the never ending cycle of being an artist. Because nothing is given. Everything you have to work hard for, nothing is ever handed to you. And uh, you know that everything is temporary. Every every part of your life as an artist is temporary. So I just try to stay in the moment and enjoy every single day that we have this beautiful thing called the, called the Big Bang Theory. I've been told to say one more question. Okay, sure. Okay. I wanted so to... Make it a good one. <laughs> oh, it's all on you, no Felicity. Pressure. wow. Felicity, this better be a good okay, question. Felicity. Okay, Felicity, no pressure. <laughs> all right, three, two, one, go. I wanted to ask you, playing a quantum physicist, do you guys actually get to do any experiments on set? Yes. I mean, we don't do the experiments. We have a prop guy who figures out all these experiments, the science guy who comes in and, and does it for us. But I, I don't... <laughs> If I look surprised in all of the scenes, it's bad acting. I mean, I sorry, it, it's good acting because I, I truly am actually <laughs> completely surprised by these, which Rod shouldn't be because that's what he does for a living. But mm. if you actually watch the scenes closely, I'm just enamored by these experiments that are happening. <laughs> I'm like, that's so cool. That's so cool. Just be cool on camera. Be cool on camera. But inside, like, I'm like, this is amazing. So we've, we've, the greatest thing about the show is we've gone to do some incredible things and incredible meet incredible people like Stephen Hawking and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson and uh, you know Stan Lee and all of these sort of sort of nerd culture geniuses and and to be a part of it has been amazing. Kunal, I got to ask you one more question, please. You learned yeah, yeah, sure. you, you learned to kiss watching The Wonder Years and Winnie Cooper. Oh, and we all had a yeah. crush on her, and then you actually yeah. got to kiss her. Yeah. <laughs> How was that? Dreaming of kissing Winnie Cooper from the Wonder Years. And, yeah. And then you got to kiss her. What was it like? Talk us through it, please. Well, I was, I mean, I was nervous. I was so nervous, you know. But remember, TV kissing, stage kissing, it's not really sexy. It's kind of strange. There's all these rules. You can't use tongue. And you you? have to kind of do it closed now. And then it's, 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 it's really not professional unless you ask. That person you're about to kiss, if you can use tongue. It's like you're kissing Danica McKellar, but 150 crew members are staring at you mm. and probably dreaming about kissing her from the one that you're you know? <laughs> There's so much pressure, and you're kind of like, oh my god, you're eating three or four mints because you had shrimp, garlic shrimp for lunch, and then you're having acidity in your stomach because you're nervous. And so it wasn't, it, though as sexy as it looked, it was nerve wracking. I was so nervous to do anything stupid. But look, Danica's a wonderful girl. And then mm. she got pregnant nine months later, which is a funny story. <laughs> Not by me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was more than tongue, eh? It was interesting. I so thought it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> she's a great girl and we, she's become a dear friend. So it's, it's you know, she's a, she's a real sweetheart. Uh, Kunal, 
Kunal Nai, thank yeah. you very much, sir. You're absolutely thank wonderful. You, thank you, guys. All the best with the new season of Big Bang yes. Theory. We'll all be watching. Thank you, sir. Thanks, man. Means a lot. Bye, guys. Bye. Ciao. Bye-bye. Yeah, and I saw that thanks to... Um, they gave us the exclusive. It's like nobody else has access to these guys. Yeah. And uh, we seem to get them time and time again. So... Yeah. Thank you very much to the powers that be that give us yes, this. Yes, thank you. Nice um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I have to commend you guys. That was probably the best interview. What a great guy. And it was so fun to listen to him. And your questions were great. And it was nice to know that he's actually funny in real life as well. So thanks for that. I put a great big smile on my face after a very long day. Keep it up, guys. Compliments. Oh. <laughs> give me compliments. I said, give me compliments. <laughs> Maybe my compliments is under here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Who do we interview next? Sure. We've, we've interviewed a lot of people, eh? Still got that uh, Noah Cyrus interview. Got Noah Cyrus. Oh, yeah. And uh, tomorrow night we have got Ed Kowalczyk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Frontman for Live. Those tickets went on sale today. 9 a.m. second show, right? Second show for Live at um, Times Square, the new dome that they're building there. It's going to be epic, holds 10,000 people. First show sold out in 12 hours. This show went on sale, I said this morning, sold 6,500 tickets already. So the demand was so huge that they went, okay, another show. Yeah. Wow. Just like that. Wow. So we've got uh, Ed Kowalczyk on tomorrow. And I promise you this is going to sell out. Mm-hmm. It's going to sell out. Mm. So, yeah. And, and I don't think there's space for a, th- for a third show. So this will be it. Wow. Um, I think it's also an indication of how good he was the first time. Because I'm sure a lot of those are, are repeat watchers. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, I'm proper fanboy though with him. Mate. Yeah, you went to his show, huh? Mm. And no, I'm to show. Amazing. It was incredible. Is it? it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And now the whole band. It's gonna be next level. I don't know. Who else who else do you want in who would you like us to interview, Felicity? Who do you want to talk to? Oh wow. Um Okay, wait, skip me. <laughs> Hold on. Wow, mm. that's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Jacob? I'm still on that tab on Becky, yo. Yeah, I've we, been trying been, to get Tab yeah. and Becky for we've a long been time. Been on that Tab and Becky. We need to get Becky in here, dude. Yeah, we, we, that that for me is number one. Only afterwards I can think of other interviews. I would still love to interview George W. Bush. Ish. Yeah, he's my number one guy that I'd love to interview. He's small words though. <laughs> he's more intelligent than <laughs> you I think. Just, I know. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to be smart to be a person. And a friend of mine had the wow. privilege of meeting him a couple of months ago. Where? Uh, oh, the dude that flew him in Namibia. Claude, yeah. Claude flew him in Namibia, yeah. Because when he comes here, apparently he comes here pretty often because there's charities he, he supports in Botswana and Namibia. So this was one Still of his visits. Still the president that gave the most money to Africa out of any American president. Kidding me? Yes. And wasn't he, isn't he the, the president who's done the most for the troops? That Absolutely, yeah. In, in mm-hmm. active warfare. Mm-hmm. Which is testament to the man, eh? Yeah. I don't know. I don't so, know if we'd, we'd ever get him, but... Uh, we should try, dude. Yeah, we put it out oh, there. We should try. I'll talk to my buddy. Maybe he can talk to their people. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how. Yeah, but like in an informal setting. Like, I think George Bush, the best place to speak to George Bush would be at a bra. At he's, a, yeah. Yeah, he's funny, though. He's, yeah. he's really, really funny, though. Mm, that's where it would be really... It would be epic to have a chat with him. Do you see this uh, whole thing that's going on with Donald Trump at the moment? Uh, Kathy Griffin. Do you see the photo that she... No. Came out today, 
she had a photo, proper like artistic photo shoot. She was holding the bloodied, um, hacked off head of Donald Trump. And it has gone crazy. I don't know how you guys missed this. And please, we're not going to put this on Facebook. It really is disgusting. Um, and she's literally holding in the in the photograph Donald Trump's head. They've made like a, a fake thing of it. Are you looking at it now? I'm looking wow. at it right now. The backlash has been huge. She's since uh, put out an apology. Um, Donald Trump, we were waiting for him to... Uh, Respond. Jeez. You see what I'm saying? That is shocking. Uh, yeah, you know, and it's it's like uh, these people have gone. It just seems like you can do or say anything, but that's not the case. You know, Amer- America takes these things very seriously, though, don't they? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Secret Service rocked up at her house shortly after that. Trump tweeted, "Kathy Griffin should be ashamed of herself. My children, especially my 11-year-old son Baron, are having a hard Jeez. time with this. Sick." Yeah. Imagine that though. That's no. Yeah, I don't know what people try and achieve by that. But look, yeah. it, uh, just a warning. It's, it's not lacquer to Google. But if your imagination gets the better of you, then yeah, we're not going to put that up anyway. No. All right, we've got vinyl classics coming up shortly. Okay, um, everybody else forgot. I didn't. True to my word. Wednesdays, what day it is? What is the theme for vinyl classics? Bit of soul R and B. Ah, yes, of soul course. Uh-huh. Wednesdays. Yes. Okay, I've got two kind of for you. Okay. All right. What does that mean? Two kind of. Two kind of. It's not entirely soulful R and B. It's kind of soulful. Ki- yeah. Okay. It's, Solely. It's entry level soul and R and B. Okay. okay. We're not ready for Patty Labelle yet. Oh, okay. Patty Labelle. But uh, one of her most commercial crossover hits. We've got to go. To the great that is Aretha Franklin. My gosh. Vote for her now. 1079-903-5417. This is great. Aretha Franklin, or you can have one Mr. Bobby Brown. Okay, that's not the best part of the song. Play it from the beginning. Play it from the beginning, Vin. This is the signature of the song. This. Oh. What the hell version is this that we got? No, that's not it. This is not being very successful. <laughs> I was gonna say that is doing nothing for me. Yeah. No. That, that, that's the US version. Hold on. No. Yes, that. That's what I want. This is the Bobby Brown version that counts. Stay with 
me, but if you want to leave Take your things, forget all about me Tell me why you fail to realize That you might not ever get another try Girl, That's the one. 079-903-5417. Vote for your vinyl classics right now. Express Drive will get it on after this. It's a quarter to six. Good evening, Khao Teng. All right, let's see. Uh, there have been question marks about my choices. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> and this is... Just that's not just from this team. <laughs> also from you, Oaks. <laughs> All right, let's see. This is the Express Drive. Final Classic. Play number two. Play number two. Ah, Darren. No. Aretha Franklin, please. Thank you. Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown, that's the one. Give us some Aretha Franklin. Bobby. Number two, number two, number two, number two. You can play that game your way, baby. Please, guys. It's new from Derulo. I'm going to go out on a limb, yeah? <laughs> Brad hates that tune, yes, yeah? I love that song. I love it. It is the most fantastic song. <laughs> you know, you know, it's uh, an instruction. I think. What? <laughs> what that song? Yes. <laughs> what do you think he's saying? It's the ruler. Yeah. Play the chorus again, Vin. <laughs> what do you think he's saying? Shimmy, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Drank. Swala la la. Oh, Jesus, and I didn't even hear that, and it's, it's a terrible <laughs> song. That's worse. Yes. Drink, swalla la la. Drink, swalla la la. Swalla la la. Shimmy, 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 shimmy. It's like it's 50 Cent wasn't singing in the candy shop. Yeah. About uh, suckers. Yeah. Maybe that's Swalla why I like the song. La la. Yeah, and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's up to you how it makes you feel. Not my business. Should I do it in a Russian accent from earlier? <laughs> hey, Felicity. Felicity. Is Boris here? Hello, Boris. Swallow la la. It's just disturbing. Da, Boris. Is. <laughs> wow, yeah. You call it the Kalishnikov. <laughs> yeah, Felicity, swallow la la. <laughs> is this too much for you, Phil? It is a little bit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, change wow. topic. News uh, coming up with Shoki. Uh, you're driving home and you're going home to your little ones. And, you know, I'm a parent, you're a parent, Phil, you're a parent, Brad. Uh, yeah. Jake's is a parent of a few little kids that he doesn't know about yet. Vin's <laughs> uh, not a parent yet, but um, you always think your kids are smartest, right? You, yeah. you like to think that. My kids, every, every kid's a genius and believe that, you know what I'm saying? Um, but they say that there's some real things that you can do to make your child really smart. One is music lessons. Mm-hmm. Children in music groups exhibited greater increases in full-scale IQ. 
Mm. I always thought that like a kid that can play the piano must be pretty clever at must that age. Pretty. Also, yeah. learning a skill like that yeah. at such a young age. Yeah. You've got to grow your brain in some way. And that whole myth where your child, you know, where you, where you think, right, I'm going to send my child to an academic school or an athletic school. Mm. No, my child's good at it, at like rugby and stuff. So I'm just go to a school that focuses on that. Be- and you get the thing that, yeah, well, if you're a rugby player, you doff. Yeah. You know, that's not the case. Being in good shape increases their ability to learn. After exercise, people pick up new vocabulary words 20% faster. Oh, so if you're a jock, doesn't mean you're going to be a dumbass. Doesn't mean you're stupid, no. Yeah. Uh, don't read to your kids. They say read with them. Yeah. Don't let mm-hmm. them just stare at the pictures in a book while you do all the reading. Call attention to the words. Read with them, not to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sleep deprivation makes kids stupid. <laughs> wow. Missing an hour of sleep turns a sixth grader's brain into that of a fourth grader the next day at school. Wow. Jeez. Missing one hour of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Hey? Yeah. IQ isn't worth much without self-discipline. So dozens of studies show the willpower is the single most important keystone habit for individual success. Students who exerted high levels of willpower were more likely to earn higher grades in their classes. Self-discipline has a bigger effect on the academic performance than does intellectual talent. But you've seen that with adults, though. Like we were speaking about a guy we both know in Cape Town. This guy, I don't know, he didn't do incredibly well at school, but this guy, his determination and his ability to just do business, you know, talk to people and make deals happen. Mm. It's, yeah. That's a skill in itself. A skill in itself, Yeah. yeah. Learning is an active process. You know these baby Einstein and brainstorming games? Mm-hmm. They say they don't work. They don't work. Um, they said, in fact, there's reason to believe that they make kids dumber. These like baby shows or... No, you get like these little programs. Okay. You know, like these little mock computers and it's got all yes. these things they oh. must do on it and stuff. And they reckon that makes kids dumber, which... Is that for every hour per day that children spent watching certain baby DVDs and videos, the infants understood an average of six to eight fewer words than infants who did not watch them. That's shocking. Yeah. So real learning isn't isn't uh, passive; it's active. Yeah. And and now you see, this is where so much research. You hear one thing, and the next day you hear a thing that contradicts that. Treats can be a good thing at the right time. They say research shows caffeine and sugar can be brain boosters. For children, mm-hmm. obviously, at the right time, and happy kids equal successful kids. What they say. So is that like make sure the home environment is happy? They're yeah, ha- happy mm. as people. Yeah, but just you know, not just making them work, 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 yeah. work. They must yeah. play as well. Must enjoy being a kid. Eh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, probably the biggest thing you can do for your child, they say, is believe in your child. Yeah. Give them the belief that you're backing them and it yeah. does a lot for their confidence. Yeah. So, driving home, your kid, whatever you're going to do tonight, maybe, maybe not apply that. Maybe tomorrow there'll be something else that will contradict <laughs> everything I just said <laughs> right now and then more than likely will be. <laughs> so, perhaps you're driving home today and you're thinking, ah, that's such a hard day. Can't go back to that job. It's the end of the month. It's time to quit. Anybody in this room feel like that? Daily, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Vin, do you feel like that? 
Well, what did you do? No, okay, don't go back. Yeah. Let's not go there. <laughs> okay, the, the ideal candidate must have gentle hands, capable of petting and stroking cats for long periods of time. Yeah, I'm good at that. Felicity, you felt Vince's hands on your back. How are they? He'd be a great cat cuddler. Is it? <laughs> I love stroking my cat at home. And you need to be softly spoken oh. and capable of cat whispering to calm the nerves of some of their impatience. The ability to understand different types of purring is a distinct added advantage in helping you secure this position with us. Send your CV. Just Cats Clinic in Dublin. So you get paid to just cuddle cats? Felicity, that is your full-time job. What are you doing today? No, I'm going to work. What do you do? No, I just cuddle cats all day. I'd love that. I stroke them, talk to them, purr, And then you earn a salary. Yeah, wow. I, I, it doesn't say how much. I don't know how much you're going to get for this, but it is in the UK, so no doubt it's a living wage. Yeah. Hey? Probably have a couple of cats at your job that you hate, though. Mm. You know what I mean? Like everything, you'll find someone to yeah. fight with. It'll be like, I'm a cat. You're like, oh, I've got Garfield today. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a dick. <laughs> Ginger's yeah. always so moody. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't talk back. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Vin, you're having such a horrible time, my man. Let me just hand this to you here. Shut. Thanks. I'll apply now. Chris. Go and uh, send your CV. Put me as a reference. Right. Uh, we were just talking about Vin's cat off here, and we were talking about dogs, and and how dogs, um, you know, they great in any home, and mm-hmm. and you hear that like you know, um, dogs teach kids. About death, because you know dogs aren't going to be around forever. Yeah, you know, and and then that happened in in your household, Evan. Yeah, I learned about it quite harshly. Yeah, how so? How did the puppy die? Uh, it wasn't a puppy. I had the dog for about five years. Sure. And it's uh, quite young though. Yeah, he he didn't come to us as like a puppy. So he wow, was a old a six seven year old. He was an old police dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you see, my brother was a cop. Yeah. Oh. Was it his service they, dog? No, 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 no. It was a service dog that was being retired and the owner had uh, died. Yeah. 
Uh, and my okay. brother was the only guy that could actually handle the dog. And he brought him in and me and my brother were kind of the only two people that could feed the dog and look after him. And you took sure. a liking to it. Yeah, of course. And yeah, the one day I was staying over at my sister's house and my dad phoned and he's like, hey, listen, sorry, dog died. And mm. I've I obviously burst into tears because, you know, I really loved the dog. And he was like, okay, cool. Well, let's go watch a movie. I thought, oh, this is great. Okay, cool. Go watch a movie. You know, my dog's Take your mind off it and cheer you up. You know, cheer me up. You know, my dad's like, yeah, we'll get some popcorn. You know, it'll be really cool. So he took me to go watch The Lion King. (laughs) 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 The day my dog died. (laughs) So not only was it your dog, also Mufasa died. Exactly. Like the saddest (laughs) Disney movie ever. I think that's why I still cry when, when I watch The Lion King. Is because of I that reason. Your dog. Yeah, yeah. that's Yo. ridiculous. I mean, come on now. How do you how do you take how do you take your your twelve year old son? He's grieving over his dog. Yeah, take him to go and sit in an hour fifteen in. And he's now grieving over a lion. <laughs> yeah. Hey, sorry, boy. Hey. Sorry, man. Yeah, my dad no, didn't used to think of those kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> I thought if for anything as a twelve year old, they take you to a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> no, my dad watched me, took me to go watch Mufasa die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shame, Vinny. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's very sad, but the Lion King part is hilarious. That's the shame, man. I feel sorry for you, dude. <laughs> it's Connell Cummings. Even I'm telling you, your story's funny. I know it's sad. Yeah. But it's very funny, man. Yeah. The people are killing out there, dude. This is one caller. This is one. <laughs> You, you are so revealing, <laughs> but I've just laughed so much. <laughs> Your story was very funny. You <laughs> 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 see what I'm saying, dude? Wow, she's broken. <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm, I'm feeling really sad now. Thanks, though. Are you really? Thanks. Yeah, I actually really am, yeah. About the dog? Yeah, but it's not just about the dog. It's about Mufasa dying and the reference to my dad passing away as well, which Brad so rightly brought up. I mean, oh. thanks. Oh. Now I'm feeling really sad. Yeah. I was like, there's a natural connection there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was like, don't Brad. feel bad because I'm also in the dead dad club. Yeah, me too. Yeah. The DDC. Yeah, but you guys don't have the connection oh, I have we, with it we... because my dog died and then my dad took me to go watch The Lion King when Mufasa died and that makes me think of my dad because now my dad's dead. <laughs> Savvy. I didn't mean it like that. No, I shot, dude. <laughs> but Jacob, again, you're the only one in this team with a father. Yeah. Well, hey, done. No, well done, Jacob. Well done, Jacob. Love you, Dad. <laughs> no, you can't say that in front of us. Yeah, we can't say phone that. Phone him and say it. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. I'll phone him as soon now as we leave. Now you're like rubbing it in. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Dude, that Vince, was so low. I'm so sorry. I want you to trend on Twitter now. <laughs> I'm not trying to change for anything. I wish I could find my dad. <laughs> yeah. But he's I've dead. got to get hold of John Edward to speak to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> At least you have that hookup, bro. <laughs> you see how he's laughing? Eh? <laughs> don't you want to, when you give John a call, don't you want to ask, say, how's to my dad as well, please? <laughs> Like maybe as Brad, you know, I mean, he can give yeah. all of our dads a call and say, yeah, when are yes. getting a reading, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they can do a conference call, the three of them. 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Tell him to tell them to meet up. <laughs> yes. And then we'll do a conference call. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, go to a bar in the sky. They'll all be in a pub somewhere. My yeah. dad will be drinking um, <laughs> cane with cream soda. Oh, my dad will have a course of lager in his hand. Mm, what's your yeah. dad drinking, Vin? Uh, Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> they're doing that right now and they're watching us going, look at these these things that we made. <laughs> Look at these, these things that we made. These insensitive <laughs> Felicity, your dad, where is he? We My dad's got a crate up in heaven, a crate of Zamalek. Is it? Yeah. He's okay. got a full crate just for him. He's at the bar. Yeah. With that. He's a bit greedy, yeah. That's my dad. <laughs> and Jacob, you, you're going home to your dad now, right? Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to go watch cool. The Lion King now. I'm watching Fasa. <laughs> I've got to go and do a comedy show right now at Molly Malone's. <laughs> and now I'm feeling sad. <laughs> How am I going to get up on stage and make people laugh when I've got this running through my head? <laughs> <laughs> Should we quit the show now? Yeah. yeah, let's go home. Should we go home? Yeah. yeah. Good night, everybody. <laughs> we back tomorrow from four for some more tomfoolery and hijinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, seriously, we've got um, Ed Kowalczyk on the show tomorrow, lead singer for Live. Remember, you've got a couple hours left. I, I predict that uh, by tomorrow this time, tickets will be sold out for the second show in Pretoria. Six and a half thousand when I last said it, so it's probably seven and a half, eight thousand now. About two thousand tickets left. Go get them. It's going to be great. We'll catch you tomorrow from Fro Zellian Mansway. Up next. You see, I can't even speak to us. Zelly. 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 and Zansway on next. Have a good evening. Driving the city home, 4 to 7 p.m., Monday to Friday. The 947 Express Drive.